God, I'm still counting my blessings. All that you've done in my life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. We are so blessed to be together, and we invite you to go more deeply with us into that great adventure of marriage and family at that proclamation website. You ready, love? I love, I love my love family. My family. Dot US. And there you will find some great resources, but we really direct you to the Live It Gathering Guide, mm. which has been blessing so many for 10 plus years and it is a guide that will help you foster talking and praying in your home we ask you to set aside some special time and check it every out week. every week you'll find daily questions fun questions um, different opportunities to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and really leading up to and highlighting the upcoming um, Sunday mass readings to help you go more deeply there. So in our early days as children, we would hear the phrase pillar of the community or maybe bedrock of the community. We've kind of lost that sense in modern days, at least that language. But basically what it means is if you can kind of picture an edifice, what holds it up? What's its strength, right? So that when the wind is blowing or storms are kicking up, you know, what's holding it fast below the surface? And uh, tonight we are so blessed to have with with us two beloved friends whom we truly regard as bedrocks of the community going back to our days in Erie, Pennsylvania. And what made them so, well, Steph, we're going to hear that tonight, but I would say in many regards, first and foremost, they exhibit a love for Christ and the fullness of the Catholic faith personally. Like each one, Paul, Lori, Gretchen, Lori, both reveal that demonstrate that as a couple they that second level right from that relationship with christ they reveal it as a couple they're fun they're kinetic they're real and their faith is very you know woven into their decisions as a couple they're family amazing family five children i should say six one in heaven they're that kind of couple they would host these evenings called wine and spirits and open it up to adults to gather together in a context of praying and talking and growing in faith which we continue to this day with our belief and beverage nights uh, so inspired largely by that witness in the community in the nfp community natural family planning or discussing matters pro-life talking about consequential matters of politics realizing that the word became flesh right yes prayer yes formidable prayer life in the sacrament and grace, but the word became flesh. We must engage in the realities of the world around us. And so all of that, they gave tremendous witness to us and continue to do so in that community of Erie, Pennsylvania. Paul is a award-winning, masterful photographer and uh, just very recognized for that. And he's been working on this novel. Some of you have heard us talk about this, which we're going to get into that later on in the program. But honestly, he is an exceptional author. He has that rolled doll kind of storytelling mode and it began in his early days, again, out of the family, telling these stories in his kids' bedrooms, good night stories, little pieces, little snippets that just took on a magical life of their own and has been about this labor of love. And we are, I think, on the verge of seeing that that land, seeing Jimmy Wiggle come to life in a full-fledged way. We've been blessed over the last year to have him come and join us with his beautiful wife, Gretchen, and share with us snippets. And uh, I think he's coming close to a landing with this, but stay tuned for that. But I'm telling you, you're going to point out to this night and say, I heard that guy. I heard that couple. I heard their story. I heard the background. So just so you all know, especially you, Paul and Gretchen, um, you should have had like a drum roll intro something moments and Greg kind of blended that all together. But Greg did tell me prior to the show that I had to, uh, tone down my cheerleading (laughs) and cut right to the point. Can you believe that? So let me just say that we only have an hour program. I know. And he's like, we need to get to them, but I am going to take a little more time before I get to that consequential story. So yes, echoing everything that Greg said and then some, and, um, but I want to, I usually don't brag, but I just, I just want to claim that I knew you both before Greg. True. (laughs) Um, True. 
and that's why you have a halo over your head. No, it's much it was more just luminous than mine. So blessed from I want to say we met probably when I was in high school. We were so blessed to really be forged in your example, in your marriage, in your family as we came together, and you so warmly witnessed and welcomed us into that. So um, fast forward to the or cutting to the chase, if you will, of the story that Greg set up. So um, you had. Um, three children, I believe, at the time, right? Hans and four. Greg. Yeah, we had four. Oh, and, okay. Yes, yes. And um, so you were pregnant with a little, a little baby boy, mm. and tragically um, lost him within 24 hours. And I'll let you tell the story as we get to that. But it was at little Dominic's funeral that Greg and I sat together had been discerning, possibly dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was there that we felt called to do so. June 19th, 1996. That's impressive if that's accurate. (laughs) Sounds right. Since we started dating from that funeral mass onward, we prayed every day for the intercession of little St. Dominic mm. and um, to bless our, our, our dating and courtship and then into marriage. And those of you who know our family, our third son, our youngest child um, living is Dominic named after your little guy, Saint. And yes. so just feel very kindred with you in that. Um, and I am going to share one more thing, maybe two more things, <laughs> Gretchen, because because Paul got so much deserved um, praise and accolades. Praise and accolades. And Gretchen is more than the wind beneath his wings. Yes, 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 yes. She's the sails so, also. Again, you're going to fill this all in. But so Paul and Gretchen's youngest, um, Julia, is our oldest Annie's age. Mm -hmm. So Paul and Gretchen very much were um, kind of like far enough ahead of us where uh, we were so blessed by their mentoring and their parenting. And in particular, Gretchen, um, her example of homeschooling. And we, you know, we hadn't started out that way, as many of you know our story, but it was Gretchen, you Gretchen, who really inspired that and guided me in that. And I will never forget the line um, that you said when I was asking you about some different things. And you I asked you what you liked most or something like that. And without hesitation, you said in your very uh, strong, gentle um, way, you just said, I just love to be able to reach out and touch them through mm. the day. Like mm. they're there, they're ours. They're, and I was so moved by that. Now that for me turned into maybe a little uh, defined touch on those rough Smack. days. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was that just was so real and so sincere. And I also, um, this will be my last story because we do want to hear you guys. This is an interview. Yeah. The, okay. um, but <laughs> I remember, so we were blessed, as you know, with six children. Children in seven years. And um, again, we ended up at the same parish at St. George's as families. And um, there was one moment I don't, that you had sent me a card, which I still have tucked away. And it was a Mother's Day card. And it was not Mother's Day, but it was a note of affirming my motherhood, the blessing of motherhood. And I don't know if you were inspired after <laughs> a rough mass of, you know, six little ones in seven years and what that looked like or whatever, but just how beautiful your support of mothering. And I'll never forget that moment, pulling that card out. Amen. So, so now, yeah. guess what? Awesome. We get, to, we get to, we get to the interview. And by the way, we're so close folks that, uh, that you will hear Paul. I'm sure at least four or five times critique my verbosity and, uh, have a nice cutting remark, which shows our brotherhood. It shows how close we are. When I lent him a shirt two weeks ago, when he was reading through Jimmy Wiggle for us, he, you know, we're going for a walk and let him borrow more of a walking kind of shirt. He didn't come equipped. I think in so many words, I'm paraphrasing, but as we were going, it's like, you know, I'm wearing your clothes here. I'm kind of feeling the verbosity coming on. It's <laughs> this, this experience yeah. I've never had before, something yes. like that. So you're going to get yes. that. And I receive it well. I think it's amazing. So Paul and Gretchen Lorai, we are delighted to have you on our uh, program. So good. And to have we you. are, 
Oh, and we're Thank delighted to so be much. here. Yeah, it was it was a waterfall of words. It just poured out of me. I put your clothes on, Greg. They just would not stop flowing. I love it. Oh, it's great. I love it. So a little setup now for the, the, the story, the interview, if you will. So we love to proclaim the scripture of Revelation where it 12, says, 1211, 12, where it says, they defeated the enemy, who doesn't see the enemy at work today, mm. by mm. the blood of the lamb, Gosh, as Catholics, how blessed we are to have the Holy Mass Mm -hmm. and by the word of their testimony. And so Paul and Gretchen, we look forward to the defeats of the enemy by the beautiful words of your testimony. God alive from the beginning in your story. So we'll do ladies first. Gretchen, give us a little little something (laughs) of your background and growing up and just kind of your journey. Okay. All right. Well, uh, just first off, I am a convert to the faith, the Catholic faith, Mm. and that came about through some sort of miraculous, crazy way that the Lord works in our lives through other people, through experiences. Mm. But I grew up in a family. I was one of five children, two very, uh, I would say, dedicated parents to raising children and being involved with their children. And my dad was a great provider. My mother was an educator. And we had a lot of fun growing up. Mm. And we were involved in Christian churches in the, Mm. we were all all the kids were baptized on one day. Wow. In Minnesota. I in, no, we were in Illinois at that point. Okay. That's where we started. All right, like the angles. Keep going. <laughs> so it was in a Presbyterian church, and I remember it because I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom, I think, felt the need to sort of grab onto something. And she liked the preacher at this church. And so we started then in our, you know, moving to Minnesota a little bit later, but always went to a Protestant church and were involved in youth group and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we really didn't bring much of it home in the sense of prayer at home or, um, you know, really talking about the faith, talking about God, prayer. It just was sort of assumed, well, we were Christian, which Mm -hmm. sort of meant you probably follow the rules and be nice. Mm -hmm. But they, I have to say, my parents were very loving and very kind. And uh, I was really blessed to have brothers and sisters, so many too, which was really a lot of fun growing up. Mm. 60s and so 70s, to, right? 1960s, yeah, 70s. Yeah, 60s okay. and 70s. I graduated high school in 75 and then went off to college. Uh, I like to say that I'm a, I am was a bulldog for a couple of years, which is Father Mike um, Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he was. Unfortunately, he wasn't there when I was there. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. You were, you were paving the way. You were getting it right. I was in Duluth. Yeah, I was in Duluth for a couple of years. Awesome. So um, I, I, I have to say that there were just many years of trying to find what I wanted to do with my life, struggling in that, but being thrown around by the swirling of the culture, of the Mm -hmm. music, of the mores, and kind of fully diving right into that. I had a sense of God's presence, but it was almost always that I would sense his presence in nature. Mm -hmm. And I loved, you know, all things wild and outdoors and animals and you know it was always very easy for me to see the incredible creative intelligence of god in the Mm. natural world there was no way of explaining it any other way yeah so I, i knew of god's existence but i couldn't really say that i knew jesus christ or knew how that fit into my life so I just sort of went along with the culture and in and out of relationships and dating and crazy stuff and mm-hmm. and was really at at a point in my life where I was searching had run into Christians along the way some which were so desirous to share the gospel with me and I mm. would kind of shrug it off thinking they were a little bit crazy a little bit insane mm-hmm. <laughs> but um you know also those see some very virtuous people Mm. living their faith and loving me even in you know my craziness and there was a great hunger Mm. so it came to the point i was uh i was studying exercise physiology around chicago and i went on a bike trip for the summer for 
part of the summer anyway. And I started out with a friend of mine and we rode for about three days together. And then, and we just had all our packs on our bikes and, and I had brought with me, uh, what was it? M. Scott Peck. Yeah. M. Scott Peck's road less travel. Oh, because I was just searching so much. And that book is all about grace. Yeah. Grace and God's grace in your life and how you have been protected from hmm. the very beginning by his grace. So in your 20s? And so I, I was 20, yes, 20, probably 20, 25. 25, Okay, yeah, so 26. past college, we, we went past through all college, that pretty well, quickly. I was okay. still in college. <laughs> oh, right. I'd been in and out. I, mean, I was in for two years, then out for a few years, then back in. And then I once I got back in, I really loved exercise physiology. Mm-hmm. And so I was studying that. But anyway, I was going to be going on to a master's program. So this summer on my bike trip, I was reading M. Scott Peck, just kind of asking God, are you there? I understand Mm -hmm. grace in my life Mm because I felt like I'd been protected in many ways from many crazy things that I had, you know, stepped into. Mm -hmm. But I think that was sort of the beginning of an opening of my heart saying, Mm -hmm. Lord, where, you know, if you if you are there. How does this work for me? Mm. And then um, really, I'm, I uh, was on this bike trip for 20, I think 21 days or rode for 18 days across from Illinois to New Hampshire. And it was an awesome time of silence and of mm. people being kind to me and letting me have places to stay mm. or sleeping out, wondering where I was going to sleep that night. And, you know, just really vulnerable yeah. and felt like God's grace, of course, was with me somehow. So anyway, um, I get to Texas to work on my master's program and I go to this meeting about something with about Central America and a guy approaches me and just said hello because he was presenting at the meeting and he said, um, how about we, you know, let's go somewhere and talk and have a beer. So we do. And he, the first thing he says to me after we get our beer is he says, I'm a Christian. Wow. <laughs> eh. And I said, oh, you know, wow, okay. Good thing I had the beer first. (laughs) Can I have a scotch? (laughs) But it ended up that he was a Catholic and a charismatic Catholic, lived in um, Tyler, Texas, Was went to this community, Catholic community in Dallas. There was a very um, vital uh, community there. And anyway, he just started talking to me and asking me mm. tough questions. Mm. It was awesome. Cause I was really ready to look at myself and look at my life. You know, it's like, mm. are you a good, per- are you a good person? Mm. And I had to sit there and say, well, not really. Mm. I had had, I had had an abortion. I'd slipped all over the place. I'd, you know, was, I didn't think I was a good person in some ways. So it was just great because I was, I think I was ready in some way through God's perfect grace. And then he was just straight up, straight shooter. And that was really where things started as far as the faith and conversion. Mm. It's really beautiful. So that man was Paul? No. Okay. No. I didn't think so. I just want to make clear here for kind of. Yeah. No, it was not Paul. It was. uh, But how beautiful uh, that. It was so. The Lord using that, you know, the timing of it, right? And like you said, you were ready, you know? I think so. And he was faithful to whatever prompting he had, right? To to invite you to sit. Gosh, that's so amazing. It was. It was. And he just said, just talk to God. You know, he just said, just ask him, tell him, you know, say if you're there, you know, I want to, I want to know you. And he was just great. He gave me some John Michael Talbot CD or cassette tapes at that point. Come let us worship the Lord. I mean, it was just, it was great. It's amazing. Amazing. Let's go to you, Paul. Uh, Share with us a little bit of your background story. Well, I'm just going to jump right into where, um, uh, where I was uh, in my car and I was headed over to the University of Texas at Tyler. I was taking some uh, graduate classes, some writing classes, some English classes, and I saw this lovely young woman running around campus. 
And I thought, she knows how to run. <laughs> I'm sure you thought that. I did. I did. And I thought, you know, and I had been doing some uh, triathlons at the time and I was working in the ad business, taking classes at night. So I parked my car in the library. I took, I had my bicycle in the back of my car conveniently. Yes. I popped the front wheel on. And I pedaled up alongside her and we started up a conversation mm. and uh, it, it was, uh, I, you know, I, I'd never done it anything like that before or since. And, uh, <laughs> Good thing since. It was just interesting because it was like, you know, there was something uh, that was very intriguing about Gretchen. And I remember, you know, at the end of her run, uh, sitting on the, uh, on the on the stoop in front of her, uh, you know, for her apartment complex, and she she came out and she gave me a Wausau cracker with uh, avocado uh, slices on it, and uh, and, and I <laughs> and I awesome. ate them, and I guess I was I guess I was a goner at that point. She was crunchy from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, she didn't so offer anyway, you an apple. You knew it was it we, was safe. We, yeah, yeah. Now she, uh, you know, she had this love for for running and cycling. And, uh, and so we had sort of this natural affinity, you know, on that because she would, um, so we used to go for walks, we used to go for runs, and then we eventually, you know, did a few bike rides. And I was so impressed mm. that she had biked from, uh, you know, uh, from Illinois to New Hampshire, mm -hmm. mostly by herself. Wife material so, right there. Yeah, I was like, amazing. Like, how did you do that? So anyways, we had this, you know, this uh, ongoing friendship and we would go out for walks and we would talk. Mm. And then I, you know, I just always thought, I, I like her, but she's just not my type. You know, she's, <laughs> she's just not my type. Why? And there's, who knows? How can you explain? So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So time goes on, and about six months goes along, and I'm thinking, you know what? I just like, I just want to see if this relationship is going anywhere. And I'm like, I was, and I, anyways, I, I had this craziest thing happen. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I hear a voice, and the voice says you're in love with her. Mm. And I sat up in my bed and I looked around like, what was that? <laughs> I mean, that's the craziest thing. I'm like, where did that come from? And it, it was a voice that I'm like, I, you know, like, was that inside my head? Was that external? I just, I didn't know. I just mm. heard it as clear as can be. It was three o'clock in the morning. Boom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's true. I am, I guess I am. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so then I, um, you know, another week goes by and I, uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm obviously more and more intrigued with Gretchen and, um, and I, I, I hear this voice or I, same thing happens again a week later, three o'clock in the morning. I hear a voice. You're going to marry her. Mm. Like what? You know, <laughs> background is, um, you know, we had this friendship and she started going through RCIA. She invited me to go through RCIA. And I thought, well, why would I go through RCIA? I went to Catholic grade mm -hmm. school. I went to Catholic high school. I even went to Catholic college. I mean, how much more of this stuff can you put in me? And she said, you know, I think, I think it would be good for you. <laughs> Gretchen, I to this day you. keep going yeah, and, and so we went to the classes and we really had a really good core friendship and mm. i realized that i had not really understood the faith uh in a really profound or deep way uh it was more of a cultural way there's kind of like developing this friendship and i'm really starting to 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 grow in my faith and i'm really starting to really it, it starts to become my own, not my, my parents' faith or my family mm. faith or, and it starts to become real. At the same time, I'm really starting, you know, as you know, to be quite taken with this, with this young lady. And I, um, it was getting close to Christmas and I said, Hey, um, let's, you know, um, let's go, um, let's go, let's go to dinner. How about this? Let's go to dinner on Friday night. And she said, no, I, I can't. I'm, uh, you know, I'm busy. I'm like, oh, well, how about Saturday? 
she's like, no, I, no, no. <laughs> and, and I said, well, how about Sunday? She's like, no, like, kind of like, I'm not dating you. Like, kind I'm of like, a theme here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, well, this is weird. I don't know what's going on. This is so strange. So, anyways. And you told her you heard she, a voice. No, I'm I, yeah. <laughs> that would not have helped you. Anyway, no, sorry. I, Go ahead. I, so, so, uh, so she takes off for Christmas vacation and, um, I'm just thinking to myself, my gosh, you know, like what is going on here? I'm so taken with this young lady. And, um, and I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll just, maybe I'll just, um, you know, maybe I'll just show up, you know, I'll just drive up to Toledo. It's only about, you know, four hours out of the way if I were to drive home to Erie and, um, maybe I'll just show up there. So I, I, I thought, but I don't know if that's a good idea. So I called up a good friend from college and, and um, the woman by the name of Julie, I said, Julie, this is a situation. I laid it all out. And she said, well, what would Gretchen say? And, and Gretchen, I said, well, Gretchen would say, absolutely don't come. And so Julie said, well, that's your answer. So mm. I said, oh, okay. So I got in my car and I drove to Toledo. <laughs> Why Toledo? I'm sorry. Give us the connector of how she ends up in Toledo from uh, Illinois, Minnesota. Parents, her parents had moved to Toledo. They were living in Toledo and uh, her dad was uh, a manager of a, uh, uh, a drug manufacturing uh, uh, branch in, um, in Toledo. Thank you. So I show up at the, at the front door and uh, her dad comes to the door kind of like wide eyed, like, who are you? And then uh, I see uh, Gretchen uh, standing behind her dad, looking at me like eyes as big as saucers, like almost <laughs> shaking her head, like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing here? Like, you, like the, the ultimate past. And uh, so anyways, they invited me in and we had a nice time and I got to meet her siblings. And um, uh, mom was very sweet to me, as were her, you know, the, the, the siblings. We played uh, uh, what? Platform, Platform tennis. And uh, I had to, yeah, I had to borrow a shirt when I was, uh, when I was there playing platform tennis and <laughs> we get, we, we get back, uh, from a brother and we get back and, um, it starts to snow a little bit. Mm. And, uh, and I, I just said, Oh, you know, I, I think I better get on the road cause it's, it's starting to snow. And her mother says, Oh, Paul, you know, it's starting to snow. Why don't you just, why don't you just stay? Go you know, and Gretchen is right behind her mother, shaking her head like, "No way!" You know, I'm like, "I know, um, you know, uh, you know, Miss Shaberg, I, I think I, I better go." So I get in my car and I drive home. And uh, wait, Paul, I need to pause you. Yeah, Gretchen, what was going on in your mind? We just have well, to know. God, I'm still counting my blessings. You are listening to a very special program of Ignite Radio Live. Check out all of our programs at IgniteRadioLive.com. And we encourage you to partner with us in this mission of discovering our nature in the Trinity and more fully living it in our marriages and families. Again, find out more at ILoveMyFamily.us and click on that partner tab. In a special way, we do invite you to join us for three amazing days of grace. The Franciscan Friars of the Renewal are going to be with us. Three great days, three distinct events. Find out more at CatholicRevival.us. And now back to our program. I was trying to keep order relationships, mm. right? Which yeah. I had not done much before and not been very good at. And I was kind of dating the guy that um, had introduced me to Christ. Mm-hmm. He was living, he had been lit, moved to Dallas and was living in Dallas. So we sort of had this long term relationship. But he would, I knew he would be calling me and asking me what's going on. And I didn't want to have to explain why Paul Lori was in Toledo, Ohio. I can see Paul's smile right now. (laughs) Paul's beaming smile. He's laughing. Oh, okay. So in my desire to try to keep things ordered, I wasn't very well good at communicating. You know, I, I should have just been able to be graceful about the whole thing and shelter this guy for the evening, you know, but it was, I I had to do radical cuts, you know, the way I had to try to live. So I was trying to protect 
uh, the one relationship and not engage the other. I got to right? pause. But I like, but I liked him a lot, yeah. and he was a good friend. You mm. know, we were good friends. So it was, you know, I was probably keeping a keeping a foot in the door, yeah. you so just, know, but trying trying not to. Right, yeah. right. Paul, as you're going to yeah. continue here, just want to make the note um gretchen that you definitely came to a place of ownership then <clears throat> of virtue at least of values that are that are uh, of a kind of a relational uh sobriety and and virtuousness which is unique i think for most people but for you to own that to such a degree yeah. as you just explained it's is an beautiful. amazing thing anyways continue the story so I drive home from Toledo. I go home to Erie, Pennsylvania, and it's it's a sad Christmas. And I don't really share any of this with my family. And I'm I'm just thinking, what in the world is going on here? Like mm-hmm. I, I finally come to the point where I think I I'm really quite you know taken with this young lady. But uh, it's obvious she she doesn't uh, mm. she doesn't want much to do with me. Uh, so I drive back to Tyler, Texas. Uh, this is in, by the way, uh, year wise, we're in 1986, right? At the end um, of 1986, okay. almost 19, 1987. No, Can I right? pull? No, it's, it's no, the end of 85. We got married in 86. So it's the end of 85, almost beginning of 86. So anyways, I drive you, you didn't tell her, by the way, Paul, you didn't tell her God's words for you to her at that point. You didn't say what the dictate no. on high was. All right, keep going. No. Yeah. So, um, uh, when I get back to my apartment, uh, there is hanging on my door uh, the shirt that I had exchanged, you know, to play uh, oh, paddle wow. tennis. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it's there was a note. It was my shirt. You he know, had she, left she it had, in Toledo. I left it in Toledo by accident. So she's returned the shirt and there was a note with it. And she says something like, uh, hope you had a nice Christmas. As you know, you left your shirt at my house. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> you are a master, Paul. You are a master. <laughs> and I think it best that we don't date. Mm. Wow. Well, there's some communication right there. All the best, Gretchen. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my gosh. All right. So then I was like, so I, I don't call oh, Paul, her. I want to hug you. We don't go for walks. I did see her at the, um, the RSAIA because it was going, it was an ongoing thing. And uh, so um, fast forward to late February and um, I'm working for a small ad agency and they had this annual uh, advertising awards banquet for all the different people in the advertising business in the greater Tyler Longview area, mm-hmm. Tyler, Texas, Longview, Texas area. So my boss says to me, Paul, are you interested in going to the awards banquet? I said, yes. And he said, would you bring anybody? And I said, well, I know who I'd like to bring, <laughs> but uh, I don't think she'll go with me. <laughs> So anyways, I you know, leave, uh, I leave work that day. And then I thought, okay, if I call her and she says no, uh, or, um, you know, if, if I don't call her and she says, no, I'm exactly in the same boat. Right. Yep. So like, that's a double no. So, but if I call her, so I said, there's a, there's a slim chance here. So I thought I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call her. So I said, Hey, we have this awards banquet. Um, I is coming up in a couple weeks. I said, "Would you like to go?" And she said, uh, "What do I wear?" Oh, I said, "I said, well, you can wear whatever you want." <laughs> so, uh, so you're so shocked, I, but Gretchen, I was just shocked, and so yeah. I was like, I hung up. I hung up the phone, and I thought, "Oh my gosh." I know she's going to call me back. I know she's going to cancel. I know she's mm. going to say, look, we're not dating, you know? So, so I, what I did was I put on my running gear and I got out of the house as fast as I could. <laughs> Cause I didn't, there's no cell phones at this time and I didn't have an answering machine. So I'm like, I didn't want my heart broken again. Right. So you like, wanted I'm to relish run. in the moment. I went for, yeah. yeah. So I went for like a two hour run and it's a long I, run. Uh, uh, and I finally, yeah. I got back and, um, and, and that call never came. 
So, um, so we went to this little pause. Gretchen, what were you thinking when he called? What was going through well, your mind? Uh, um, the young man and I were no longer dating. Mm. There you and go. Kind of the funny thing is, I had gone to his awards banquet in January <laughs> with a. Um, he was working for a big, like, what do you call real it? Real estate, real estate, commercial real estate investment in Dallas. Hmm. And I had to jump through hoops to get clothes to be able to go to that thing. I had to get like borrow, <laughs> borrow a fabulous dress from someone, borrow mm. shoes. And at one point he had said to me, well, I don't know if you'll have the right, you know, if you'll have like clothes that you can. Oh, wow. Oh. So I was, you know, bound and determined to go. And then, you know, I think we both just realized it was, you know, I, I think I was clinging to him because he had extended the faith to me mm-hmm. and he was i don't know what his you know part in it was although maybe it was the similar thing you know and we just decided it really wasn't a match so we just quit dating so hence the so, question what do i wear i was free i was untethered <laughs> i was untethered awesome and, 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 I, and, and so the truth is unbeknownst to me i didn't know any of this was going on right. she was totally mum that she had any kind of boyfriend mm-hmm. and that uh I, I, to me, it was just all a mystery. Yeah. Um, so we go to the awards banquet and she was very kind to me and she was very sweet. And they started playing some music and we started to dance. And uh, I, I think it, for anybody watching, you would say, man overboard. Uh, this, this, <laughs> we had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just two months later. Uh, we were engaged. Wow. And, and, uh, and Gretchen uh, called her mom to tell her. (laughs) (laughs) I got to pause you because there's a whole lot unspoken there, but before Paul, just give me a sketch. You you began at chapter five and moved us forward for our listeners sake, your background, faith and family. So I grew up in a, a large family. I'm uh, the fourth of uh, eight boys and two girls. Um, my uh, my dad was a school pictures photographer. My mom uh, as a stay at home mom, and um, I rode the Catholic conveyor belt all the way through college. <laughs> And, um, uh, you know, dollop of grace along the way, dollop of grace along the way. And uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I was I, I was uh, served well, but at the same time, I was perhaps enculturated, but not uh, evangelized, mm-hmm. if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was more or I less. I did go to mass. I, I went to mass because um, I always felt like I should go to mass. But at the same time, my uh, my actions didn't uh, match up with my beliefs, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yep. So. So I want to ask you an epic question now. You have yeah. children. You both have children that are the same age as the time period you just described with Gretchen. So with an awareness of their culture and the pressures, uh, the digital inundation, the secularization, et cetera, et cetera, what's the difference in their world right now versus yours? What was notable in that sort of battle to know and live truth? Television addiction was certainly prevalent. Uh, people still got outside. Now, with the advent of the smartphone, you can be television or electronically addicted twenty four seven. And I think the uh, I, I think the smartphone is the uh, is the is the ring of power uh, mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, it, it's 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 a it's a magnificent brilliant amazing device as i'm talking into it right now and at the same time it's such a seductive device in the sense that every corruption can uh flow through it sort of like a both hands yeah yeah sort of a palantir type thing well i have you give me the great analogy also we'll keep that theme going for a second but on social media you're a photographer and of course that entails Mm -hmm. showcasing some of the wonderful mastery of your works but you had a great analogy of the little kid in the bicycle tell us about that because i think it's perfect especially Um, work-wise i have 
always trying to promote my business just so we can make a living. And I've, I will oftentimes put a, a photograph that I have uh, created, uh, you know, for one of my clients and I, I'll post it up on social media and, and I, I, I've done that over and over again. And I, something really seems so shallow, so hollow about the whole uh, enterprise because it, I felt like it's, it's kind of like um, a, a little kid, like a, like a three-year-old on a tricycle um, riding down the sidewalk and every few feet, you know, calling to his mother saying, look at me, look at me. <laughs> mm. And, and I think that's kind of what, you know, uh, what I had been doing, especially on social media. Uh, and so I've, I've tried to be a little bit more um, intentional on what I post and to share a little bit more uh, of my life and a little bit more story uh, and, and less about me and more about, you know, others. Have mm-hmm. I done that, you know, and to a proficient degree? I, I think I'm still uh, I'm still learning. So I love that. And I want to just punctuate maybe my sense of the difference between now and back then is that back then there was a greater sense of interrelationship. There's a greater sense of eyeball to eyeball, uh, just a social capacity, right, to engage others and interact with them that today, because of it being reduced to pixels, um, there's a loss of sort of that, you know, that intersubjectivity would be a more fancy word, John Paul II, of being attuned to the soul of another. And I say that because you brought us to a point of you and Gretchen uh, dating, and then two months later, of course, engaged. Um, and you've always exhibited to us, I should say, this this theme you know, in your relate, you live it, you live and proclaim the Trinity. That's it. It's in the nature of our movement. This, these three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who pour themselves out into one another completely, totally, irrevocably, sacrificially. And that's, of course, we're the fabric of that. And that's why we love these stories because they're, they're, you know, they, they proclaim that truth. And we're experiencing, you know, in your story telling us that and coming from a place maybe where the enemy didn't want that. Gretchen, you shared some pretty heavy things of your history and background, maybe another story, another time. But anybody who's listening, they, they perhaps feel the splintered nature nature of sin, the splintered nature of making decisions that the enemy put in front of them, competing for their affections. And we all have that right now. We have these influences competing for our affections that shut us off, isolate us. And you're experiencing or just describing for us the, the beautiful reality of Gretchen and Paul coming through these experiences in an intersubjective, interrelational way where life is coming alive. It's not the good old days where you were in love a long time ago. You, I know you would say this. You've never been more in love than now. Uh, and so just if you will paint for us, though. So as that matured over those two months, that's not inconsequential to go from, OK, we're, we're free for each other. Gretchen's no longer dating the other guy and something escalated. If you can't paint for us, like maybe the nature of your understanding of dating and marriage is, if you will, God ordained at that time. How did you understand those two months? What brought you to the point of engagement? We were we were really good friends. Mm. I will say that we had known each other for a year when from the day we got engaged, we mm. and we'd gone through RCIA together. And and, and I was her sponsor when yeah. she came into the church. Wow, mm. that's awesome. But that would have been a month later than, you know, after the engagement. But anyway, so I feel, you know, we had quite a basis and I had uh, just been, you know, putting up, putting my hand straight arming, straight arming him to keep him at bay, at bay, (laughs) only in the sense that I liked him, but I was trying to, you know, like I said before, keep relationships ordered. Mm -hmm. And so once I was free, then I, I think it was very natural and appropriate because mm. at that point in my life I realized boy I did want to be a mom mm. I did want to be married which you would never have gotten that from me anytime in my younger mm. can years. We, can we punctuate that for a moment you've said in the past in so many words perhaps that you were somewhat of a poster child of maybe the feminist movement um, in some respects smart I think the, the hippies to okay. the feminists that was sort of the way it it went so you're you're a nature you know a nature girl certainly and um, I was always very athletic and you know competed with boys and played baseball mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. stuff with my brothers and the neighbor kids and so I was 
you know, I'm afraid what would have happened if it was me this, you know, right. these days. Mm-hmm. So you're a different Gretchen than yeah. at the moment that Paul and you mm-hmm. were dating seriously. Like you were, if you were living in the new creation nature of yourself, and I know that's ongoing, but is that in the matters of the big issues of this day? You know, not just abortion, but contraception in that realm. Would you say that you were in alignment with the church's teaching when you and Paul did? Okay, absolutely. So the you came to a point then to own happened, that. Wow, keep going. Well, in in that conversion time, it was completely like a devastation of my old life, and that my friend Greg—that's his name—that I dated was. Um, he gave me a Bible, gave me the Jerusalem Bible. Mm. And he just said, just read it. And I read it and I read it and I read the letters and the gospels. And I went to a a prayer group at my church. I completely, I just dove in headlong. And I'm like, I'm, this is, I want this. You know, I, I, I think it's true. I want it to be true. Mm. So yeah, I would say I was completely, maybe not without certain, I mean, certainly without, I had plenty of faults still and, and falls or, but a great desire to always try to live the faith. Yeah. As I was understanding it and coming to understand it, it was a huge gift. So I do want to hear the mom response, but also on this consequence, just, I don't, I don't remember exactly what she said. I mean, I think Paul remembers better because it was probably rather wounding. Well, see, her her mom is a, is a beautiful lady and she's very generous, but she's also, you know, very secular and very liberal. And I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And so when, when she found out that I was, you know, that I was, you know, like a, yeah, uh, yeah right like a heterosexual catholic i mean it's like oh no <laughs> oh, what gretchen what have you gotten yourself into oh no so you want to get married yeah you want to get why like why don't you you know like why don't you live together federal homosexual whatever. atheist or <laughs> right right i think she i think in some ways she she's you know yeah i, I didn't fit the I didn't fit the narrative apparently. So anyways, when, when she found out a little bit more about me, she still liked me, but liked me sort of from a distance. So, so Gretchen calls and um, she says to her mom, she says, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to Paul. And she's like, what? Like, I thought you didn't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Christmas? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I was silent to almost everyone about what was going on. This Mm. was a, you know, it was a very much, uh, internal mm. struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are forged in a character that is admirable. And of course, God is extending it all to us uh, of exchanging lesser things, fleeting things for greater things. And just what a witness, Gretchen, and certainly you, Paul, as many Catholics born, baptized Catholic, and just casting pearls before swine, quite frankly, right? We have this joy and this delight. And the world wants to reduce, for instance, the issue of contraception. Let's just face it. It's probably one of the most challenging, consequential things because the thesis of the day is if it feels good, do it. What's wrong with my impulse? Let my impulse define my morality. And so for you to kind of apprehend that in more than even just an intellectual, and it, it, you know, it ought to begin with God reveals us for our good, but that you, you owned it. And we, we experienced you on our end years down the road. Uh, obviously giving witness to that. And let's face it, probably, I don't know what the percentages are, but low 5% of even maybe Catholics who don't just own it, but are communicating that reality. And not just again, a don't, but an an availing to the goodness of God's grace that has certain values woven into it. So you guys, what a gift to be, if you will, united all the way up till marriage. So let's go to the point of marriage then. Um, and then maybe trace it looking at our time, uh, you know, we could go on for hours, but you know, what was consequential in your marriage and forming your family that maybe was distinct from perhaps the rest of the culture? Um, I think that we wanted to embrace the faith. We wanted to impart the faith to our kids and, um, and and we wanted so so the education and the raising of the kids was was a very important and intentional approach. Mm-hmm. So Gretchen had been um, talking to uh, uh, my uh, one of our sister in law, and she was thinking about homeschooling, and uh, and 
I, she got kind of interested in homeschooling. And I was like, well, what's that? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I want to jump in a little bit before this, too, that because of the, te- you know, the church's um, embrace of family and generosity and pro-life. I mean, because of my abortion, I was very much pro-life at that point, seeing mm. it as a, a sadness and a tragedy that women are it's suggested to women, you'll be happier and you'll be better if you get rid of that child. And so it was very helpful for healing for me Mm, and for going forward as a Christian, as a Catholic to work in the pro-life community. So the idea of being open to life, being, you know, having children and, um, you know, embracing natural family planning when we, you know, if there was a serious reason to postpone pregnancy, mm-hmm. we learned natural family planning, we taught it. And so, and we also, though, we had no TV in our house. Mm-hmm. We decided we are like, no, TV is banished. We are, yeah. didn't want to raise our kids. You're aliens from another world. Yeah, right. yeah right. we didn't want them to have that as the go-to. So we just had books and books and books and, yeah. you know, and play outside and you know sports or whatever but it was intentionally to try to to give them a childhood yeah and to not have their innocence robbed from them yeah and not to have you know uh, insidious ideas pumped into their head uh 24 7 Mm. which (laughs) yeah i i remember you guys being the first family that i had ever met who didn't have a tv and i was so in awe (laughs) of that and you saw it i remember one time in particular um I think there was some pre-cana going on and there was a last minute need for the NFP talk and you guys graciously um, took up that task and I was blessed to watch. I think you just had Hans and Andy at the time and they were little guys and they were so delightful. They were, I just can still picture their homemade um, swords and they were playing knights and it was your little house on Maiden Lane and outside and like fully embraced just yeah. what you're saying. And book after book they wanted to read and it was just very cool. You didn't so. give them Barbie dolls? Gosh, you guys are so <laughs> no. stereotypical. Anyway, Come on. I, I, anyway, I, go I, ahead. I'll say, you know, our kids weren't that thrilled because they saw everybody else getting to watch all these cool shows. Um, but I, I remember our oldest son uh, said one time, he said, there's only two kinds of families <laughs> that don't have a television. The Amish and us. (laughs) I can hear him. Well, I got to punctuate just to key moments in this story is as you did not have a TV, you opened up the horizon of their creativity Mm -hmm. and their humanity, if you will. And you took education seriously. We hear that loud and clear. You didn't just delegate it and you can maybe share a little bit of the, you know, kids in Catholic schools and that sort of thing. But Hans, the eldest, Hans got to know as a young man in grade school, at some point he um, was involved with our heart and soul program with some of the best, Justin Fatika and others. But here's my point. Among other gifts, you had a drum set up in one of the rooms a friend had given to him and he was very, very gifted. Hans learning that because it was either that or some stupid video game, sorry. And he also got into the guitar and by cultivating that and having, you know, that time and create creative encouragement, found himself starting starring in a rock band, his own crew that opened up for Jefferson Starship in a huge outdoor, large, eerie setting and uh, navigating a whole lot of that tremendous gift through life. Andy, similarly, athlete, professional soccer player. And all along, I just want to say this for our audience because we're not going to probably get to all these amazing sub-stories. But what was distinctive is uh, Lori kids were older. Paul, as a you know, we gather with men and talk and share different things. And Paul said, you know what? At the kitchen table, it was a moment where I just kind of asked my kids, you know, in, in so many words, what are you meant to do? Like, what do you what do you on this earth do? Certainly to glorify God, but in what particular way in your gifts and your capacities? And they answered. And you kind of as a father kind of said, OK, if you want to be a soccer player here, you know, Andy, Gannon, you're on the team. You got to improve X percent and you have to kind of work on some things and let's do that. Well, within a year or two, Andy was on a, a professional soccer team navigating in that way. So parents, 
The gift I'm proclaiming that we inherited as a family too is a tremendous gift to interact with our kids in a vibrant, full way to discover their purpose and their mission on this earth and to navigate, to journey with them into that fullness. And yes, media, the stuff in our pockets can play a role, but how it can be, if you will, a thief of gift, a thief of grace. Okay, back to the story wherever we were. So we homeschooled through eighth grade and then our kids went to high school and that was a decision, you know, that at that point to make, do you do that or do you keep homeschooling? And we did make that decision and I think it was okay. Certainly none of it was perfect. (laughs) Homeschooling wasn't perfect. Mm, High school wasn't perfect, but we. And and, and when they're in high school, I mean, they, they, you know, they did get a, a flood of, you know, of, of ideas that, yeah, uh, but, from the world, but yeah. you also have a little bit more of a, a base that you've built up with your yeah, and Tell us about that. Thought. Tell us about that. Cause many parents who send their kids to Catholic schools, by the way, a much more nefarious culture in the best of circumstances, just because of right. other peers and kids. But how yeah. did you navigate kids in that system? You know, and you're outgunned eight hours a day. Tell us your strategy. You had a foundation, of course, but tell us more. Are you talking about when we were in high school? Are you talking once? Yeah, once we were once they went to high school. Yeah, once they're in high school. Well, see, it was hard. It was hard, and I don't, I don't know that we did it particularly well. I mean, I don't think we're the, you know, the the model, uh, the model citizens. But you know, for the the oldest ones, we really tried to keep them from having a cell phone Mm -hmm. um, for as long as we could. And uh, we, were our def- we, we were doing pretty well. And then our defenses really wore down by the last one. And mm-hmm. I think we we Caved we gave too, too soon. Like us. Um, yeah. So um, I, there's uh, I, I think I, the key is just to try to connect, you know, honestly, to connect to try to, you know, keep tuned in, to know what they're doing, try to communicate well, even though it's hard to do it and you're busy, you've got, you know, lots of things going Mm -hmm. at home. And so I don't know how to. uh, Well, as an outsider, I'll help you answer the question. Okay, good. So what I saw, and obviously, again, like you're saying, no perfect situation in any realm, whatever. And we can look back and say, oh, I could have done this or should have done this. And sometimes that's okay to say, right? Um, Yeah, right. But like, and I remember um, having these conversations with you, Gretchen, as you know, our oldest was approaching those high school years and that was our plan. And that's what we did initially also. But I remember talking with you and Therese Brown, another dear homeschooling family friend, right? And um, just that, okay, we still have them here at home as we, you know, release them a little bit more, right? Um, Right. Mm -hmm. Like to, to have that base to come back to, to process with as much as you're able. Mm -hmm. And again, no one does it perfectly. Right. But I just remember being struck by that and seeing you guys, um, the desire to do it and executing it, you know, as best as whatever, but like just trying to, like you're saying, keep that communication open, doing those things um, instead of turning a blind eye and be like, well, we gave them the foundation go at it, you know, and it is, it's that constant struggle and constant prayer. And I saw you guys also try to continually surround your, your, your kids, your family Mm. with other good families as best as you can and and still inviting others in. And it's just rough. It is (laughs) rough. It is rough. But, but I just want to affirm the witness and example you gave even amidst, you know, again, imperfections and it's imperfections. It's just Mm -hmm. tough on it, on every end but i just want to affirm that and encourage parents that today it's a gazillion times worse you know and and you have to be ever more vigilant um in in that in the battle so and dad and mom uniquely uh united their roles man is a unique role woman is unique role and we play a different role in relationship in forming our kids gretchen what would you say to moms in particular um of today. I know you were such a great, um, <laughs> not just a resource, but encouragement to me through my mothering and even today uh-huh. still asking you questions. Yeah. Um, but what, what stands out or what is the Lord placing on your heart? Words of encouragement, um, mm. for women of today, wives, moms. Of today. Now your daughters and daughters-in-law here in that place. 
I think what I would say is I would embrace the idea of generosity that the church encourages us to as far as having mm. children. Don't I, I mean, I think that you maybe need a little breather or something once in a while, but to welcome children is a beautiful thing and they mm -hmm. change your life and they're mm -hmm. a great gift to you and they enrich our lives and our world. Mm -hmm. So I would mm -hmm. encourage being a mom. And then I thought that homeschooling sort of, in you know, fleshed out homemaking. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was hard, intense, but it also made for a home that was vital. And mm -hmm. so I, I would encourage them to look at that mm -hmm. and, uh, and you maybe were, make a you were always so generous inviting others, including us, into that, whether it was a homeschooling activity or connecting kids. Um, or, but Paul, I'm going to give you the sure. opportunity to... Um, you on your Facebook page, you had mentioned uh, recently that your oldest son, who now has a family yes. of his own, had asked yeah. you a question about family, your greatest yeah, we went, success. Yes, or, we went for, yes, we went for a walk in the early morning and uh, we were out with their, his youngest uh, son, who is uh, 15 months old. And, and he said, uh, Dad, you know, what was your what was your greatest success as a parent and what was your greatest failure mm. and i said well the success is easy failure is a little harder but success was the whole idea that you read and read and read and you don't mm. watch television and spend very little time on electronics and that's uh you know that that's that's the number one the number two is the uh the, the failure is, is a much harder one uh, and um what i uh, really tried to say to him, and I was still, I think, formulating my ideas is this idea that it's with children, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And each mm -hmm. child needs their own encouragement, their own sunshine. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they need to have, they need to have boundaries. They need to know where the boundaries are. They need to be taught virtue. They need to be taught reverence. They need to be, uh, encouraged they need to be loved they uh, they need to be taught hard work mm. um and uh all of those are 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 beautiful things mm. and they enable them to grow and and thrive mm. um so uh and so when i mention all those i also am saying that i think we could have done all of those better mm. i mean those are like i i, I think we could have you know, I, I think we could have, uh, you know, I, I think of particular situations with our children that I look back on and I, it's one of those things you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, oh, I wish I would have uh, done this or I wish we would have done that or wish, you know, this child really needed us then and what were we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, we really should have stepped in. We should have recognized mm -hmm. that this was a particular concern. But those thoughts do give you the moment to say, but Lord, you are here now and mm -hmm. you know them and yes. you love them more yes. than we ever Truth. could. So please take, take over, right? Yeah. Take, mm -hmm. take, take yeah. that on. Fill in our shortcomings. Yeah. Right. So you just, I hope that we can turn that into a prayer yes. of, Fabulous. Really, of thanksgiving and also um, petition, you know, for Fabulous. continued help. Yes. Great answers. So speaking of read, 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 there's yeah. your setup, Paul. <laughs> Good. Okay. Jimmy Wiggle. All right. All right. Uh, Jimmy Wiggle is a, is a, uh, is a lovely story. It's essentially a boy and a wolf and, uh, in a backyard. And, um, and, uh, it's a story that I used to tell in a very, uh, simple form uh, to my kids when they were little. It was a bedtime story and it would always started like this. It was a day like any other day, but somehow different. Jimmy Wiggle stepped off the school bus and uh, into his uh, backyard. And then from there, he always encountered the nefarious Professor Wolfman. And, um, uh, and it was a very simple story. And I realized at some point after telling multiple variations on that, I'm like, I really need to write the ultimate um, Jimmy Wiggle story. So I started writing and I thought it was just going to be a short story. And then I wrote and wrote and became sort of a novella. And then I wrote some more and I thought, oh my gosh, this is a novel. Mm -hmm. Well, that was started over 20 years ago. 
And uh, as we have finally um, you know, raised our kids as best we could, um, I, I find myself now again with a little bit more uh, freedom to um, to write. So it's something I work on uh, every day. And uh, I was blessed to uh, do a reading at the Schleters a, a few nights back. Um, I, I think it's a marvelous story. Um, um, For sure. Yeah. Paul, so, too. Um, the, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, the plan is to get the um, uh, is to get a, a really nice working draft done by the end of the year. Amazing, amazing. Two or, quick or, questions. Or to, else from Greg. Yeah, there you go. That's else. right. That's right. I will turn it <laughs> okay. up. Uh, two quick questions here, Paul. How do you live your Christianity authentically and vibrantly in the business realm? And I'm speaking maybe for many who are. Christian business leaders and they think they need to keep it on the sidelines publicly and such with significant issues for fear of losing business. How do you think about that? Right, right. Well, I think I'm in a particularly good place in the sense that I have not signed a contract with a corporation or something whose the values are imposed on me. I'm still an independent. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a, as a little farmer, so to speak, I can, uh, I can till my field as, uh, as I, I best think. So, uh, how we live out our faith. I mean, you know, at the core of the faith is this whole idea of the dignity of the individual Mm -hmm. and, uh, that they're made in the image and likeness of God. So it's, it's pretty easy to serve people whenever I think of that, you know, I have a, um, I have the San Damiano cross, the, uh, uh, St. Francis cross, uh, you know, on the, on the wall in the studio. And, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, somewhat subtle, but it's there. Mm. And, um, and while I, uh, you know, imperfect in my, you know, in, in everything, uh, in life, I, um, my goal is to is to serve people well, to give them uh, good value for their uh, for their dollar, and to to give them something in, in creating portraits, portraits that they love and cherish. You know, for you know, for the short term, maybe with a headshot, but for for long term, with um, with family portraits, uh, something that they'll, they'll they'll love and admire for years and years. Absolutely. Final question. So grateful, Paul and Gretchen, for you to be with us in this journey and our friendship and the blessing of it all. Here's the hardest Greg question. We'll conclude with this one. So it's a Greg question. If you had a minute or so to communicate the legacy that you would like to leave with your children in this world, what is it? Uh, That they live the faith. I lived it authentically. I lived it courageously mm-hmm. uh, that I modeled that to my uh, children and that uh, at the end of life, I gave everything uh, away, not just monetarily, but just myself. Mm-hmm. I emptied myself out and, 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 and my life was no more. And, and the kids take over from there. Beautiful. That's powerful. God, I'm still counting my blessings. Well, Gretchen and Paul, we're just very blessed that you guys took this time to be with us and share a story, your story of how God is uh, alive in you and his Paschal mystery, continuing to work it out. And all of you who are listening right now over Ignite Radio Live, podcast or radio program, what a gift that we have through these airwaves to be mindful that it's the one God, different facets of the story, but the one story of life, death, resurrection, Pentecost. So I encourage you to share that story. Parents, share that story with your children and grandchildren children ask the questions you heard throughout this program tonight you know paul and gretchen asking each other questions and uh, availing the questions from their children one day it'll be grandchildren just good questions that open up the horizon of what's consequential and what's significant make take advantage of that time over a meal or over a beer or over a coffee whatever the case may be I, I, we really believe that that is essential to discovering our nature in the trinity and of course that's the essence of our movement at i love my family.us making that time on a week basis and we do encourage you to join us for three amazing days we call it three amazing days of grace november 3rd through the 5th um you can find out more but the uh, priors of the renewal are joining us for these three awesome days find out more at catholicrevival.us catholicrevival.us so blessed to have you along the journey until next time god bless, god bless you, you. But I will keep counting my blessings.